here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. CNN and Jim Acosta have hired a couple of top gun lawyers who have filed one of the most pathetic lawsuits I've ever read. This is not a freedom of the press case. CNN has reporters at the White House. CNN has reporters at presidential press conferences. If anything, the freedom of the press argument is on the White House's side. How so? Because the purpose of a presidential press conference is to allow as many reporters as possible to ask pertinent questions and for the president to answer them. In other words, a press conference is for the American people. One of the difficulties... The other members of the press and the president are having communicating with each other, including tough questions of the president, and thereby informing the American people, is Jim Acosta. When Jim Acosta disrupts the press conference, monopolizes the time, and basically gives his political opinions about a president who he constantly calls a liar, we learn nothing. We learn absolutely nothing. And I would tell the lawyers who filed this lawsuit, you filed a very dishonest brief. Your recitation of the facts are not the facts, and we the people watched this press conference. You left out an awful lot of information that is harmful to your client, and I can tell you that when the Justice Department defends against this, they actually might put the actual transcript in the brief to show the court how you misled. And you're not standing up for the media in the country. You're not standing up for the press in the country, CNN and Jim Acosta. You're not in any way. There's 150 reporters in that room. Jim Acosta is one. This isn't about freedom of the press. No. What this is about is an individual who is provocative who wants to create drama, and not about news, but about him and CNN, and CNN wanting to get their ratings up. Now, this could go in front of an Obama court or a Clinton court, but it's a 60-yard pass. They're hoping for the best. But in the end, it's nothing more than a press release. Short and simple. Now, let's take a look at this. Let's take a real look at this. We get a lecture about what the framers of the Constitution intended. I would remind my friend Ted Olson. Ted Olson, this is a Gibson-Dunn lawsuit. Ted Olson was Ronald Reagan's lawyer. Ted Olson represented parties in the same-sex marriage case in California on the side of same-sex marriage. Uh, And Ted Olson now has taken up the cause of CNN and Jim Acosta. It's unfortunate. They talk about the framers of our Constitution. First of all, the Bill of Rights, uh, the first ten amendments were not originally part of the Constitution, were they? 
So the framers of the Constitution in Philadelphia had nothing to do with the First Amendment. As a matter of fact, it was the states that insisted on various amendments to the Constitution. And it was James Madison and John Adams, among others, who relented during the debates in the states over ratification that when the first Congress would meet, they would introduce amendments to rectify what some of these states thought were imperfections. That's how we got the Bill of Rights from the states. Let's be totally clear about that. It wasn't the framers of the Constitution. It was the attendees at the various ratification debates in the states. That's the first point. The second point is, since we've had this First Amendment, and I hope these Supreme Court justices are listening, we've had many great presidents and many lousy presidents. We had two out of three really great presidents who threw journalists in prison. That's not why they were great. It's in spite of that. The first being John Adams, as I've discussed here repeatedly. John Adams was a brilliant man. He was a crucially important founder. He was the second president of the United States. And he lost his seat in part due to the Alien and Sedition Acts, which Thomas Jefferson and the Republicans rejected. They campaigned on that. And they won. The second president... There are others, but the second president I'll mention is the great Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president. When two New York newspapers published a fake presidential proclamation during the course of the Civil War, Lincoln was furious. And he ordered one of his generals to arrest the editors and the journalists who worked at those newspapers. It's exactly what they did. He did more. He shut down those newspapers. And his surrogates shut down almost 300 newspapers during the course of the Civil War. I don't see that mentioned in Ted Olson's brief. I don't see John Adams mentioned in Ted Olson's brief. Why? Get that in a second. Then we have Woodrow Wilson, one of the founding fathers of the progressive movement in this country. President of the United States in the earlier part of the last century. A Democrat. Well, he was kind of enthralled with what Adams had done, and they had an Espionage Act of 1917, and the Democrats in Congress amended it to add what's called today the 1918 Sedition Act, and of course Woodrow Wilson signed it. So in addition to being a racist and a segregationist, this leading progressive, he threw journalists in prison as well as political opponents. Now, not to bore you to death, let's jump up to Barack Melhouse Benito Obama. He sought to throw journalists in prison too with his various leak investigations. There were more investigations of journalists related to leak investigations during the Obama administration than all his modern predecessors combined. He investigated an investigative reporter 
for the New York Times. He investigated an investigative reporter for Fox News. He investigated 20 AP reporters. And they used espionage, surveillance. Never really pressed too tough by any of the people at CNN during any of his presidential press conferences. As a matter of fact, Barack Obama had a little trick to his press conferences. He'd do a press conference for 30, 40, 50 minutes, and there'd be three, four, five questions tops because he would filibuster. I don't remember any reporter jumping up and yelling at the president. I don't remember any reporter jumping up and calling the president a liar. I don't remember any interference with his uh, rope-a-dope. Except once. Neil Monroe of the Daily Caller at the time. The president was doing one of his things out there, uh, the Rose Garden, and Neil Monroe dared, dared to yell out a question, out of turn. He wasn't accusing the president of anything. He didn't call the president anything. He wasn't debating the president. He dared to yell out a question out of turn while the president was conducting one of his filibusters. And the media at the event turned on Neil Monroe. Attacked him. Remember this? Attacked him. So that's a little historical background that's all missing from this brief, as you would expect. But they write on item five, the framers of our Constitution embraced a profound national commitment to the principle that debate on public issues should be uninhibited, robust, and wide open, and that it may well include vehement, caustic, and sometimes unpleasantly sharp attacks on government and public officials. New York Times versus Sullivan. Nobody's disputing that. We're talking about somebody disrupting a presidential press conference. You can't have street protesters dressed up as reporters interfering with a presidential press conference. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I posted something early this morning which has been regurgitated by the backbenchers all day long. I said this is a ridiculous suit. As I say, I'm sure they're form shopping looking for an Obama judge or a Clinton judge. But no reporter has a constitutional right to be physically present in the press room, any more than the scores of reporters who are not so lucky as to get a hard pass to be there in the first place. You've got reporters all over the country, local newspapers, regional newspapers, statewide newspapers, national websites, people involved in national social media and so forth, and national newspapers. They all don't get in there unless you're going to have a baseball stadium and everybody's present. So a line does have to be drawn. Now it's either drawn by the president or the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has no business whatsoever in this. None. It's called separation of powers. And I might add that the Supreme Court, which conducts itself in secret, the Supreme Court, which does not hold press conferences, the Supreme Court in which justices like Ruth Bader Ginsburg go out and give interviews, is in no position to be dictating policy to the President of the United States. This is not about freedom of the press. It's about an administrative policy that the White House has decided on because they got some kid in the back row who keeps uh, blowing up bubble gum and popping it in the back row and disrupting the class. That's pretty much what's taking place. You understand that there's nothing in the Constitution that compels the president to hold a presidential press conference, period. 
What's the court going to order him to hold one? I wrote this all up this morning, so you heard the backbenchers, I'm sure. There's nothing in the Constitution that compels the president to call on anyone from CNN, let alone Jim Acosta. Period. And Acosta does not have a constitutional right to disrupt the press conference, and CNN doesn't either. And CNN doesn't either. Ted Olson and Theodore Boutrous are doing grave damage to our Constitution. We have made repeated requests for Ted Olson to come on this program. Unfortunately, he won't. I've been a friend of his for years. We both served in the same administration. He was the Lauren Bush versus Gore. I could still consider him a friend. I haven't seen him in a long time, but I still consider him a friend. But I wanted him to come on so we could have an honest debate about this, you know, to inform the public, even though neither of us are government. That would be a nice free speech thing to do. But his office did not respond to multiple emails and phone calls. Didn't even reply. Because his colleague, Mr. Boutros, apparently is only doing friendly and supportive media. He's welcome on this program, too. It's an open door to either Ted. Because I want to have this discussion. I want to have this discussion. An out-of-control provocateur in the middle of a press conference time and time again with the president or with the president's spokeswoman is not a matter of freedom of the press. Jim Acosta is the Morton Downey Jr. of the media. Now, I have nothing personal against the late Morton Downey Jr., but I'm saying when he used to have that syndicated program late at night, that's Jim Acosta. The White House has to decide who gets a hard press pass and who does not. And in this case, they had huge reasons and justifications to withdraw it from Mr. Acosta. And we don't need this law firm to tell us what took place in that room because we all saw it with our own two eyes and we all heard it with our own two ears. Which is exactly why when you get into their statement of the facts in the lawsuit, they mislead the court. They mislead the court. When you read item 27, item 28, and 29, they leave out key aspects of what Mr. Costa did and said. And in fact, they accused the young lady intern of reaching across his body and grabbing the microphone. She shouldn't have had to grab the microphone. It wasn't his in the first place. It's a news conference, not the UFC. Didn't seem like one, did it? Then they go through a whole list of things that the president has said about CNN and about Acosta, all of his tweets. What does that have to do with anything? They're trying to throw chum out there for any left-wing activist judge to grab onto, you see. The issue isn't what the president has said about CNN or Acosta. The issue isn't even what Acosta has said about the president repeatedly on CNN calling him a liar. The issue is what took place at that press conference. And what took place at that press conference actually undermined the ability of the media and the president to communicate with the American people. It was an attack on freedom of the press by Jim Acosta 
CNN, and Time Warner. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. We're told that the Second Amendment had nothing to do with the weaponry we we have today, the modern weaponry and the technology we have today, that the the framers of the Constitution, and I'll say the framers of the Second Amendment, had no idea that we would have semi-automatic weapons, automatic weapons, and on and on and on. So clearly they didn't mean for the individual to hold very much more than a musket, Right? Tell me, did those same framers of the First Amendment, when they were operating with printing presses and pamphleteers and a relative few newspapers, were they thinking about television, cable TV, network TV, satellite TV, satellite radio, broadcast radio, the Internet? Of course not. So if you follow the left wing's logic, which of course is enormously dangerous and hypocritical, as applies to the Second Amendment, if you apply it to freedom of the press, then CNN has no freedom. Because, you see, the framers would never have intended cable TV to have the same freedom as the pamphleteer. Now, of course, I don't agree with that, but that's them. That's how they think. Rub their noses in it. I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. You're listening to Denali, the great one. The great one. And you can call in now, 877-381-3811. Are uh, CNN and Acosta's lawyers only going to go on CNN and maybe MSNBC? Will they come on my show? I have an open request out to either of them. To either Ted Olson or Ted Boutros. I'd like to go through your factual and legal arguments in your brief. I'd like to go over the Constitution. I'd like to go over the history of press conferences. The first presidential press conference, I just looked it up, was Woodrow Wilson in 1916. As technology changed, these press conferences became uh, more and more widely used. And the purpose of a press conference is to provide information to the public. We tend to forget that the entire purpose of our government is for the public. It's for we the people, each and every one of us. So now we have to watch this pseudo-news event 
because Jim Acosta goes on a press conference. He goes in there like a spoiled child. He has no concern about freedom of the press, freedom of speech, getting information to the public. He's argumentative, not for a good cause, but for his own cause. And to watch these journalist associations circle the wagons around such a reprobate is really incredible to me. Because that tells you that the standards of journalism have changed to the point where they're almost non-existent. You know full well, if there had been a reporter in a press conference who treated Obama that way, it wouldn't be tolerated by these press associations. None of them. That that reporter would be attacked. They'd be attacked. Now, back in March, our friends at the uh, Daily Caller put together a montage of the worst of Jim Acosta. None of this appears, none of it, in the brief. None of it appears in the brief on behalf of Acosta because they don't want to reveal to the courts really what Acosta has been doing. And it goes like this. Cut one, go. Mr. President, can you be America first, but also be rubbing elbows with all these bigwigs? Mr. President, how can you be America first when you're rubbing elbows with all these bigwigs, sir? Maybe we should turn the cameras on, John. Why don't we turn the cameras on? Jen. Why don't we turn the cameras on? I'm sorry that you have to do it. Jen, go ahead. Why not turn the cameras on, Sean? They're in the room. The lights are on. I'm going to a different show. I'm sorry. I know, but I didn't get a chance to ask the question that I wanted to ask. And I'm not taking another question from you at this point. Mr. President, any comment on Senator Al Franken? He made some comments about you earlier today, sir. I didn't hear it, sir. Just Caucasian or white countries, sir, or do you want people to come in from other parts of the world where there are people of color? Thank you. Jim, thank you. I'm not going to give you a can question. You can you stay categorically? You are fake news. Sir, go ahead. Can you stay categorically that nobody... No, Mr. President-elect, that's not... Mm-hmm. That's a news reporter, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? No, I don't think so. Again, what's the purpose of all this? Ask serious questions. He asks questions that suggest the president's a racist, that he's a misogynist. The, you know, it's, the guy has a low IQ. Let's just be honest. He's unprofessional. He's got a low IQ, I believe. And I think it's amazing that journalism wants him front and center. There have been tough journalists in Washington, D.C. So they point to Sam Donaldson. Sam Donaldson was not a very good journalist, but even Sam Donaldson didn't do these things. But Sam Donaldson's excited because he wants the light back on him and his hairpiece. And that's what's happened. But others understand how this works. Brett Hume has explained that, you know, you ask a tough question, maybe you get a follow-up, and then it's somebody else's turn. Because here's the truth. The real reporting does not take place at the press conference. The real reporting takes place away from the press conference. That's the truth. 
Jim Acosta is a bit player. He's on CNN. CNN is very low ratings. My Sunday show at 10 p.m. is very high ratings. And my Sunday show at 10 p.m. on Fox beats every primetime show on CNN most weeks. That's how small their ratings are and how big my ratings are. But enough about my ratings. The point is this. Jim Acosta is seen by millions and millions of more people by standing there at the press conference and shooting spitballs at the President of the United States. CNN gets far more attention at that press conference than it otherwise would on CNN. And you can see what's happened at CNN. CNN is turned into a bad MSNBC. I can settle the whole thing. You should be watching CRTV. Truth. Do you ever notice the state of the liberal media and wonder how it got to where it is today? You know, we used to have journalists who searched for the truth, who brought you the stories that mattered. And now news, it's just a bunch of Jim Acosta types, or too many anyway. And there's been survey after survey that's demonstrated that so many members of the media are liberal and or Democrats, and particularly with this president, are extraordinarily negative in their coverage of this president. You don't have to submit yourself to that kind of torture and propaganda. Every story in these liberal outlets, almost, is negative against the things we believe in. On Levin TV, we're not here to carry water for anyone, good or bad. We're bringing you a principled perspective on the news, on philosophy, on history, on economics, you name it. This is why I've gotten amazing feedback from you, my beloved audience. So many of you have become subscribers. You say that CRTV is unlike anything you've ever seen with the liberal outlets on cable or any other outlets for that matter. That's intentional. We founded this enterprise almost three years ago in my living room. And now it's become a network, a digital network. But we need your help. If CRTV is going to continue to grow at the pace we've seen over the past year, we need you. It's the perfect gift for Thanksgiving. It's the perfect gift for Hanukkah. It's the perfect gift for Christmas. You can give it to somebody else or give it to yourself. Gift or not, you really should join our rather huge and still growing conservative family, patriotic family. So try us out for free for 30 days. No risk. Try us out for free for 30 days. Just go to levintv.com, L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com, or give us a call, 844-LEVIN-TV. That's 844-L-E-V-I-N-T-V. We are open now. Our customer service folks are the best. They'll get you set up in five minutes, and you can start your 30-day free free uh, trial and we have a hell of a Levin TV tonight so tonight's the night to really give it a kick so um, we look at this brief that the CNN and Acosta lawyers filed and on the first page you notice several things the nastiness of it they not only sue the president in his official capacity they sue the chief of staff 
they sue William Shine, who's Bill Shine, the deputy chief of staff to the president, and they sue him because he used to be a, a senior executive at Fox, so they're trying to make an issue out of this. See, it's all political. They sue Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the press secretary. They sue the United States Secret Service, Randolph Ailes, in his capacity of director, and John Doe, the Secret Service agent who pulled Acosta's hard pass. Now, none of that's necessary, but they're doing that as a tactic, a nasty litigation tactic. And let me tell you, too, Ted, something. You're not scaring anybody. This is a pathetically stupid lawsuit. It is a stain on your careers. It is a stain on your legacy. And it's also a dangerous lawsuit. Let's say they win. Let's just speculate for a minute. Let's say they win. That the ultimately the Supreme Court, whatever number of justices, decides that they will determine what a presidential press conference shall look like, how it shall be managed. Not the president of a co-equal branch of government, but you're now going to have judges determining what takes place in the White House, in the press room. That means that separation of powers goes out the window. That means that every reporter who thinks they have a gripe against a president can now go into federal court. That means every one of these massive media corporations can now go into federal court. That means news outlets, so-called, that do not have any representation at the presidential press conference, that they can go to court. And it means you will not have a civil press conference. I don't mean there shouldn't be tough questions, even aggressive questions. I mean, there's a difference between that and anarchy. And in the end, the president of the United States won't have any press conferences. Because he's not compelled to. And for Ted Olson and Ted Boutros to bring this trash is really outrageous. They threaten the entire notion and tradition of a press conference. They reject separation of powers. This isn't about freedom of speech, ladies and gentlemen. This is about settling a score. CNN and Mr. Acosta trying to settle a score. It's about Time Warner Corporation. It's about CNN Inc. And it's about lawyers who get paid two to $3,000 an hour wanting to be praised by the very media that they need to keep drumming up business. That's right, I said it. This entire thing is a scam. It has nothing to do with the Constitution, nothing to do with freedom of speech, nothing to do with freedom of press. It's a scam. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let me try and give an example maybe the judges out there can comprehend, particularly the justices. Under our Constitution, you have a right to a vigorous defense if you're accused of a crime. A vigorous defense. The trial court level, the appellate court level, and if your case gets to the U.S. Supreme Court, at the Supreme Court level. You have a constitutional right to a vigorous defense in order to uphold your due process rights, among other rights. And your lawyer's there, and he or she's arguing in front of the U.S. Supreme Court and some of the justices get very aggressive in interfering with the, the arguments the lawyers are making. 
And uh, let's say Sotomayor interrupts the lawyer before he can get his first sentence finished. Let's say Breyer interrupts the lawyer three minutes in. Let's say the chief justice does, and finally the lawyer says, stop interrupting me. I have a right to vigorously represent my client. You're violating my constitutional right. Or my, my client's constitutional right. You may not, you cannot keep interrupting me and not allow me to make my case. And the lawyer will not permit the justices to respond. Keeps arguing with the lawyers. Justice Breyer, you don't have a right to say that because X, Y, Z, and so and so and so and so. And let's say the court says, you know what? We're going to hold you in contempt right here and we're going to remove you. Would anybody argue that the court was wrong, that it violated the Constitution, maybe the Fourth Amendment, maybe the Fifth Amendment, or anything else you can imagine? Would anybody argue that? No. Well, I have a right to a robust, vigorous defense, but you do not have a right to sabotage the court. You can do both. Represent your client vigorously and follow the rules. Mr. Costa can vigorously question the president and follow the rules. This is not about freedom of the press. And if Mr. Costa should win a dangerous lawsuit like this, it will undermine freedom of the press because no president will hold a press conference. And now you'll have the court micromanaging speech. The court micromanaging speech. And Mr. Olson brought this suit. Mr. Boutros brought this suit. And it's disgraceful. And they wrap themselves in the First Amendment like they're, like they're, you know, civil rights leaders. They're nothing of the sort. They're paid lawyers for a disreputable, phony journalist any disreputable outlet. You know, going to the mechanic is like going to the doctor. They tell you what's wrong, and you take their word for it, of course. Now, that's what makes those surprise repair bills hit so hard, when a simple oil change turns into refinancing your mortgage to pay for problems you never even knew existed. That's why I have extended vehicle protection from CarShield, so don't have to worry about those unexpected surprises. Replacing your engine alone can cost thousands. Even a simple repair to a sensor can cost over $1,000. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work, and they get paid directly. It's your choice. They also provide you 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. Save yourself thousands in future car repairs. That's what we do. That's what we do, because I have the vehicle protection, the extended vehicle protection from CarShield on our 2010 Camaro. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection. That's what we've done. Call 800-CAR-6100, 800-CAR-6100, and mention code LEVIN. Or visit carshield.com, that's carshield.com, and use code LEVIN. You'll save 10% either way. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, or call 800-CAR-6100, mention code LEVIN, 
A deductible may apply. Get your 10% savings. Act quickly. Perfect time of the year to get these things done, by the way. Perfect time of the year. Uh, How much time do I have, Richie? Say that again? All right, let's see if we have enough time for any of these sound bites. Ted Olson on CNN today. Oh, they found them. Cut four, go. CNN did ask the White House for some sort of explanation. What, uh, what did we get? Well, we first of all got an explanation about there was some physical contact between the reporter, uh, Jim Acosta, and the intern who was uh, dealing with the microphone. They backed away from that because it wasn't justified by anybody uh, who watched the well, tape. Well, let's stop there. I saw that. He pulled the microphone back and pushed her arm down. And I don't need glasses to see that. Do you folks? Go ahead. And the president said, well, we can't have people in this room who don't respect the president or respect. Uh, Your factual recitation is very misleading. That's not how it worked. Folks, you can watch the two minutes and 38 seconds yourself. He's acting as if the president was aggressive, not his client. Go ahead. The First Amendment requires robust, aggressive reporting. Reporters must be free to ask tough questions and to be persistent about it. And they don't bow down or take an oath before they walk into that. Nobody's asking anyone to bow down or take an oath. Did anybody do that? No. There are other reporters in there who are no damn good. April Ryan and then the clown from NBC and so forth. Uh, But the president didn't yank their passes. How do you explain that, Ted Olson? How do you explain that? I'll be back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. A judge has ordered a hearing. I think for tomorrow or the next day, uh, and a response by the administration to the CNN filing. Really quite appalling, isn't it? Here's Ted Olson also on CNN today. Remember, he, his office wouldn't even reply to my request, emailed and phone, called, and phone calls. 
uh, to come on the show to discuss this. They go on CNN where they're going to obviously get uh, their clients and their client surrogates, so-called reporters, asking uh, setup questions like this one from Brooke Baldwin. Cut five. Go. Back in 1977, there was already precedent on this in a decision from 1977 from the U.S. Court of Appeals. What was ruled then? Well, the, the court ruled then that if someone was going to attempt to interfere with or take away the press credentials of someone covering the White House, there had to be an explanation, there had to be objective procedures, there had to be a fair process and an opportunity be, to be heard. None of that applies And let here. me stop. None of it should apply here. The court shouldn't be able to tell the White House... These are the procedures that you must follow before you allow a reporter in or a reporter out. Now, I want you to understand, I defend our Constitution, but I understand what's meant by freedom of the press. And when you have somebody among the press who takes it upon themselves to hijack a press conference, I don't care what questions they're asking. It is absolutely unacceptable. And here's the deal. We have some traditions and customs throughout our country, in all walks of life. You have them at home, you have them in your place of business, you have them when you drive. Think about driving. Red light, yellow light, green light, you got to follow it. Two solid yellow lights, broken white uh, uh, lines, broken white lines, all kinds of signals and everything. Imagine if people just decided, look, I have a right to drive, I'm not going to follow them. Or a classroom. There has to be some level of civility and decorum or a courtroom. Nobody's saying people can't be different. Some more aggressive than others, some more outgoing than others. Nobody, obviously. But when you're repeatedly and consistently disrupting a press conference and drawing attention to yourself, and then you leave the room and you're interviewed by your colleagues at CNN and you continually call the president a liar and suggest he's a racist and so forth and so on. How is a president supposed to conduct such a such a uh, press conference? Obama never had to put up with any of this. With any of it. Go ahead. And the reason that that is so important is that if that process doesn't exist, a president or anybody working for a president or other public official can discriminate against any reporter on the basis of that reporter's viewpoint or simply because the president doesn't like well, that Well, let's stop reporter. right there. It hasn't been done, except in this case, during this presidency. Why is he arguing hypotheticals? I don't know that it's been done, if it has, very rarely in past presidencies. So they throw out these scare tactics. If the president gets away with this, then he can do it to anyone. But he doesn't do it to anyone because he get bad press. Past presidents, recent modern presidents, they haven't done it just to anyone, have they? So that is a phony argument. To argue in the alternative like that, and I hope this judge, Kelly, or whatever his name is, doesn't fall for this nonsense. Deal with what took place in the room. Not the speculative arguments that Olson's very good at, that Boutro's very good at, that all these guys are very good at. We're not arguing about a pattern here. 
We're not arguing about a pattern of press personnel having their hard passes pulled. We're arguing about one pass, one time, one guy, one circumstance that caused it all. And the pattern that led up to it. Go ahead. There's plenty of evidence that President Trump does not like that reporter or the organization, CNN, for whom he works. Really? And you see, if Ted Olson were here, he'd be questioned. So there are several other reporters for CNN that have hard passes. How come he didn't pull all of them? How come he didn't ban CNN altogether? And not just from the White House, but from Air Force One, from all his public events. He didn't do any of that. Did he? And there are other press organizations he can't stand, too, like the New York Times, like the Washington Post, and you can give the whole list. So CNN is not singled out for any disparate treatment. It's singled out because when the president exercises his First Amendment free speech rights, he notices how CNN conducts itself. Everybody notices it. Go ahead cannot allow public officials to discriminate on the basis of their personal prejudice or feelings towards a reporter. He didn't. There were five different reporters in that room where the president, at least theoretically, could have pulled their hard passes. He only did it on one case. So the facts belie the argument. Go ahead. Freedom must be free. The First Amendment must stand for something, and it must stand for the fact that we have situation all over the world. Where so we're now we're going to argue about what goes on in uh, police states. This is what they do, these lawyers. Now we're going to argue what goes on in police states. Go ahead. Being beaten, jailed, intimidated, and in fact murdered. We can't allow that step to be crossed here. Oh, come on. Are you kidding me? Now you know why he won't come on my show. She sat there with that dumb look on her face, and she never followed up, and she can't because CNN is the plaintiff. And by the way, have you ever heard of a uh, news organization that has its lawyers on there talking about the news, whether it's Boutros or whether it's Olson? And here I am. A lover of free speech and and freedom of the press. Couldn't get Olson on my show. Couldn't get him on my show. They wouldn't even respond to us. Because, Ted, you know, you wouldn't get away with these arguments here. I'd be polite and civil, unlike Jim Acosta. Now, isn't that interesting? That they won't come on my show. Why, do they feel like I'll be treating them like Jim Acosta treats the president? We want robust debate here, too. It's Mr. Acosta's conduct. It's the fact that Mr. Acosta really doesn't ask questions. It's the fact that he hijacks press conferences. Now, these are the same people who tell us that Alex Jones is a nut. No, I don't know who's a nut, and I don't know who isn't a nut. But is Jim Acosta, and I'm not talking about philosophically, When he gets in the president's face and something like that, is that behavior much different? Is Jim Acosta banned from social media? No. No. The media are becoming a joke. The media are beclowning themselves. This lawsuit is a joke. 
That doesn't mean it won't get somewhere because a lot of these joke lawsuits, unfortunately, seem to get somewhere. Cases, I think, that shouldn't even be anywhere close. We see some of these decisions. Now, Olson's colleague, it's Ted Boutros. I know him as well. Counsel for CNN and Mr. Acosta. Cut two, go. CNN's argument is very straightforward, that the First Amendment is meant for the press to be able to act on behalf of the American people and, and the public. No, 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 no. The press doesn't act on... You don't even know what the First Amendment means. And freedom of the press. Freedom of the press. The, pub, the media does not act on behalf of the American people. The media facilitate... Discussions between officials and citizens, among citizens, among officials. They don't represent the American people. They certainly don't represent all the American people, and that really isn't the media's purpose, is to represent the American people. We don't get the vote on any of this. So that's a misstatement of the facts. Go ahead. And here, when the White House revoked Mr. Acosta's press pass, it's clear was based on the content of his reporting, the fact that he was asking... See, this is what they want the court to do. The content of the reporting, not his conduct. The content of the reporting, not his conduct. First of all, he's not reporting. There's no reporting going on. He's arguing over a term with the President of the United States. The President answered it, but he didn't accept the answer. President answered it again, but he didn't accept the answer. Then he went on to question number two, then question number three, then question number four. It's his conduct. Mr. Boutros, you wouldn't dare conduct yourself this way in federal court, would you? And when you go into federal court in the next day or two, you're not going to conduct yourself like the Jim Acosta of the legal profession, are you? Why is that? Because he'll get thrown out on his ass. And these judges and justices wouldn't tolerate for one second the kind of conduct that took place at that press conference. Not for a second. Well, we're not elected. We're lifetime appointments. We're adjudicated. That's not the point. The president is holding a press conference. He's not hiding from the press. There are 150 members of the press there, including many who've been on TV who have called him Hitler, racist, liar, misogynist, every, no, every word in the book. They're sitting there. April Ryan, that guy Peter What's-His-Face, a whole bunch of them. Even other reporters from CNN. Others. Others. The First Amendment does not give a property right to a seat and a hard pass to Mr. Acosta. The nation is not threatened in any respect. The Constitution, the First Amendment, freedom of the press by Mr. Acosta's absence. As a matter of fact, it's improved. Because more reporters can ask more questions of the president when Mr. Acosta is not there. Go ahead. Uh, tough questions and has been doing that. Uh, the- All right, forget it. This guy. These are hired mouthpieces. That's what they are. I'll be right back. Mark in. Is it a corporation that self-identifies? What is news versus opinion? 
Is it objective information gathering? Their books have been written now that say, no, it's not about objective information or fact gathering. That went out in the 1950s. No, no, no. We need to interpret the news now. We need to give it liberal values. This is a new book that's out by a, a professor. He used to write for a, uh, a newspaper. And so uh, it's not about reporting hard facts. It's about interpreting them and providing them with a context that are liberal values. And he argues that doesn't mean you're biased. doesn't mean there's a liberal bias. Now think about that. How absurd that is. That in part explains what's going on, but not fully. I've talked to you about this before. The progressive movement of 100 years ago, it's devoured our institutions. It's devoured the media. And so you have somebody like Ted Olson, who is now defending the progressive uh, digestion, if you will, of our media. Of our media. And so they want federal courts, most of which are progressive now, too, to rule on this. See, I'm a constitutionalist. Apparently, Ted Olson is not. He's used the Constitution to advance his social agenda in California. Now he's using the Constitution to advance not freedom of the press and the First Amendment, but to advance CNN's business agenda. Dressed up as a great battle, the, like the Zengerly battle. It's none, none of that. This is a scam. The media will write the books on it, but it's a scam. Jim Acosta's not threatened. Jim Acosta wasn't put upon because of his views. We're not even supposed to know Jim Acosta's views, are we, Ted and Ted? But they didn't really come to the defense of somebody who really needed protection. They came to the defense of a company that's going to pay them two, three thousand dollars an hour. I don't think they're taking this pro bono, are they? And a whole new business practice over there, Gibson Dunn, a media practice. These people aren't doing this because they're altruistic and noble. Although, you could be altruistic and noble in a case like this, or in other cases. But this is not a grand First Amendment case. The judges will hope it is because they want to go down in history, and Acosta will because he wants to go down in history, and CNN up against the system and the man, you know, and the great lawyers who are there to make the case. This is pathetic. This is really manufactured news. This is a manufactured event, almost as if it was intended from the first moment. From a barely surviving cable network. CNN is the... Well, let me put it to you this way. Why is it that we know who Jim Acosta is, even though he has almost no viewers? There's a lot of reporters in that room. It's because Acosta uses it to draw attention to himself. That's why he's invited on these late night shows. Really, these reporters shouldn't be famous. They should just be doing their jobs. But they're not, and they won't. 
It's an absolute disgrace. Let's go to cut. Uh, which cut do I want to go to? The uh, Let's see here. Let's go to cut three, Mr. Producer. This is Boutros, one of the lawyers. Go. The Robert Sherrill case talked about both the First Amendment and due process. And the, the D.C. Circuit said in a case involving uh, the denial of a White House press pass that uh, before the White House re- rejects credentials, it needs to give due process because of the important First Amendment issues at stake. So the court said you, there has to be notice, a uh, written decision explaining why the credentials have been denied. or. Revoked. And by the way, the court was a circuit court. It was not the Supreme Court. And there are multiple circuits in this country. And it's not the final word. And they're acting as if it is. Because some panel on the circuit court in D.C. in the 1970s ruled this. It needs to go all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court needs to be very, very damn careful about interfering in this. Because if I'm president of the United States and this due process stuff is upheld, which really is not intended to apply to this at all, and I'm never going to hold another presidential press conference. I'm just not. I'll hold press events with local media, regional media, state media. That's how Obama got around it. I just won't hold a presidential press conference. There's nothing in the Constitution that compels it. Or if I do, Costa will be back and I'll never call on him. And if he interrupts again, well, then I won't have a presidential press conference. When will the Supreme Court have a press conference plan? With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, BrickhouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. only constitutional lawyer you can see today for free no appointment necessary just call him at 877-381-3811 how many reporters are there in this country we don't know i don't know they pretty much self-identify how many newspapers are in this country there must be a ton of them local weekly daily large papers small papers A whole lot. How many bloggers? A whole lot of bloggers. Podcasters. Radio hosts. Do we all have a right to be in that press room? I would ask the court. Do we all have a right to be in that press room? 
Is the court going to decide who should be in that press room? This is how irresponsible this lawsuit is and CNN is. I mean, in the aggregate, conservative talk radio is much larger. Let me put it to you this way. This radio show is much larger than any combination of shows on CNN. Combination of two or three shows. Well, do I have a right to be in the press room as opposed to CNN? No, they're reporters. Okay, I'll say I'm a reporter. How many different than Acosta? I just have a different viewpoint than he does. So the court goes down this path. You hear these guys say, we have a a circuit court decision in Washington, D.C., the D.C. circuit. All kinds of due process, and you have to give notice, and you have to explain the reason, and you have to do this, and you have to... Really? Where did that come from? Nowhere. It was made up, which brings me back to my, my problem with the courts overall. That was made up. There's no threat to the media by this president. He's not locking up anybody. He's not shutting down newspapers. He's not doing what some past presidents have done. He's not unleashing the FBI on the AP and the Washington Post and the New York Times and all the rest of it. He had the gall to remove Mr. Acosta because after almost two years of Mr. Acosta disrupting press conferences, coming between we the people and the president, coming between other press and we the people, coming between other press and the president, enough was enough. This is not a man fighting for freedom of the press. This is a guy who's a showboat. A narcissist, an egomaniac. His behavior wouldn't be tolerated in a classroom. It wouldn't be tolerated in a church. It wouldn't be tolerated in a synagogue. It wouldn't be tolerated in any court in this country. This isn't a First Amendment case. This is the case of an a-hole out of control. What great tough questions did he ask? You know, Mr. President, uh, you call it an invasion. But it's a caravan. It's good. No, I call it an invasion. You can call it what you want. I call it an invasion. But you know you're wrong, Mr. President. It's not an invasion. There are hundreds of miles. What kinds of questions are these? He's the Morton Downey Jr. of the media. I'm probably not doing Morton Downey Jr. any favors, so I shouldn't say that, I guess. Now, hear how the media treat other politicians, freedom of the press and all. Here's this guy, Mike Allen. He's had more media jobs than anybody I can imagine. He's a news guy. I want you to listen to this. He's interviewing Nita Lowy. Nita Lowy is an old lady. She's 82, and she's a radical nut job from New York. And now she's got all kinds of power as a chairman of some committee. She's in the majority. Now listen to how this guy interviews her. Cut seven, go. What's the funnest thing about being in the majority? Oh, my God. The funnest thing is <laughs> to win. And we have our boxing gloves on, and we're going to fight for our priorities. You're ready to rumble. I'm ready. And so is Nancy. <laughs> uh, have you been to the White House? No. So the president, he hasn't invited you? No. Why? Because he doesn't always have good judgment. Should the majority 
look into these issues related to President Trump that has come up. The Space Force. Yes. James Comey's firing. Yes. The travel ban. Yes. The family separation policy. Absolutely. Hurricane relief in Puerto Rico. Oh, it was absolutely in- inadequate. White House staff use of personal email. Oh, for sure. The president's business dealings abroad. Absolutely. And I want to see his tax return. That is quite a list. Because you control the money, you can essentially investigate anything. Correct. How do you like that, reporter? Oh, man, freedom of the press in this administration. Isn't it great? How do you like that, reporter? It's disgusting, isn't it? The truth is, and you can't really argue it in the court because you're filled with progressives in the court, too, that these reporters are progressives. So many of these judges are progressives. And the progressive movement, which is a little over 100 years old, effectively, in this country, has effectively won, hasn't it? Here's the truth about most home security companies. They're like dealing with another bad cable company, you know, like CNN. You spend hours waiting around for technicians, hours on the phone to get questions answered. And then when you're at your limit, you remember, I'm locked into a three-year deal. Now, if you're looking to protect your home and family, go with Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe is real, comprehensive protection, beautifully designed to look good in your home. And using it makes your home safer. Simply Safe has backups in place to keep you safe, protecting your home even if you lose power or internet or if someone attacks the system. Best of all, you get 24-7 monitoring with police and fire dispatch for just $15 a month. And unlike other home security companies, Simply Safe has no long-term contract. It's the best around-the-clock protection you can find anywhere. Cutting-edge technology. Get 10% off Simply Safe today at simplysafemark.com. You'll also get free shipping and free returns. That's simplysafemark.com for 10% off your Simply Safe home security system. Simplysafemark.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a very fun announcement to make. Um, my wife should be with me because I don't know all the details, but I'll give you more details later in the show and also uh, on Friday. We're going to have two little book signings and book readings for children of Our Police by Jack Levin. And my wife, Julie, is going to do the reading, and we hope you'll bring your your little ones, four to eight years old, uh, at two places, at Barnes & Noble, at Tyson's Corner, and bookends in New Jersey. Uh, I'll have uh, a few more details, and I'll give them to you. If I don't have them today, I'll give them to you. What is today? I'll give them to you tomorrow. Today's Tuesday. So um, that'll be a lot of fun. And yes, I will be at the Barnes & Noble in Tyson's Corner, kind of lurking in the back. Um, and uh, the book Our Police uh, will be signed uh, by my wife on behalf of uh, my father. So I think you'll have a lot of fun doing that. So it'll be the Barnes & Noble in Tyson's Corner. I'll get the details uh, soon enough. And bookends uh, in northern Jersey, and I'll give you uh, specifics about that. I may post it on my uh, social sites, too. But I'll be at the Barnes & Noble 
uh, and in New Jersey, as I say, my wife Julie will be signing uh, the books, Our Police. It'll be a lot of fun. So bring your little ones. Bring your little ones. Okay. Let's take a call, shall we? And by the way, I want to get into, in a little while, a couple more things, obviously, as we move from this. But this will be in the news, and it's a big deal because they're making it a big deal. I want to get into this Whitaker matter, too. All the BS about how it is unconstitutional. Part of the problem in this country is the so-called free press. They bring people on television who have no idea what the hell they're talking about. And they give themselves their own moniker. Former prosecutor, uh, Professor Emeritus, former judge. They have no damn idea what they're talking about. They never dealt with the Vacancies Act. They never dealt with the Appointments Clause. Most of them never actually dealt with the federal Constitution. It is very frustrating to me to hear the lies and the foolishness about how a Whitaker appointment as an acting attorney general, violates the Constitution and the Vacancies Act, but the Vacancies Act may be unconstitutional. Ah, shut up. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. No idea what they're talking about. And they keep promoting them and putting them on there with the phony titles. With the phony titles. There's no constitutional crisis. I mean, let's step back for two seconds. The president takes away the hard pass from Acosta because he's a jackass, not because he's a reporter. Meanwhile, CNN has three, four, five reporters in there anyway. Hey, that violates our rights. Doesn't violate anybody's rights. Moreover, the president pushes out his attorney general, who he appointed, and temporarily replaces him with his chief of staff, Makes him acting attorney general. Hey, we got a constitutional crisis. No, we don't. No crisis whatsoever. What they really mean to say is, we want to take Trump out. By any means, by hook or by crook. The ends justify the means. We don't care. Everything's a constitutional crisis. Everything violates the Constitution. The very people who don't give a damn about the Constitution. Remember, they suspended due process when it came to Kavanaugh. You don't get due process. This is like a job interview. You don't get the presumption of innocence. You don't get the, It's like a job interview. What are you talking about? No. It is a hearing in front of a committee of Congress. Like a Stalinist show trial. Now, all of a sudden... You know, when uh, and the president violated the First Amendment by not allowing Jim Acosta to disrupt, to, to disrupt his, uh, his press conference and ask 25 different questions and interfere with the other reporters and, and interfere with the American people. Oh, yeah, 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 he violated. And in fact, we have a 1977 decision uh, from the D.C. Court of Appeals. You got due process. You got to give notice. You got to do this. You got to do that. And not only that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and all the press should be very upset about this. All the press should join CNN and Jim Acosta and, and Ted Boutros and Ted Olson here because, because and look what's going on all over the world. There's police states. Reporters are being killed. We don't want to cross that line in America, do we? Oh, great argument. Brilliant. And I'm being sarcastic. Truly stupid. Anyway, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
wish we had real reporters in this country who would pursue Fusion GPS and Mark Elias and Perkins Coy, the law firm. I wish we had real reporters in the United States. By the way, my wife is here. Barnes & Noble, when is it? This Quickly. Saturday, November 17th. This Saturday, November 17th, what 11 time? 11 a.m., Tyson's Corner. You're doing a book reading. I am. I'm attending. We'll both sign my father's books, right? That's correct. Come to the microphone. <laughs> Come on, you can. Yeah. She's so nervous. <laughs> this is your debut. This is my debut okay. to fame and glory. Now, bookends. That's in Ridgewood, New Jersey. It is. You're going to be there. I oh, won't yeah. be there. Yes. You're going to do a book reading for four to eight-year-olds. You're going to sign the books there, right? I am. And when is that? That is on Tuesday, November 20. Yeah. At 4 p.m. Tuesday, New Jersey. November 20, Ridgewood, New Jersey, bookends. I'll put them both on my website, excuse me, on my social sites tomorrow. Wonderful. All right? Excellent. You ready to read the books? I am ready to roll, oh, baby. Oh, my goodness. That'll be fun. Okay. Now, where the hell was I? My beautiful wife took my attention away. I wish we had real reporters who would dig into real stuff, unlike this clown Mike Allen who's questioning uh, Nita Lowy. How are you feeling today? We feel great. What are you going to do with all your money and power now that you're in the majority? We're going to put the boxing gloves on. Really? Yeah. And Nancy, too. Wow. You going to look into the president's taxes? Yes. Tell me, what is the constitutional authority under Article 1 for Congress to look into a president's taxes? Mr. President, you're going to want to take that one to court. Or the president's financial activities. Mr. President, you're going to want to take that one to court. Or his family's financial activities. Mr. President, you're going to want to take that one to court. See, Congress needs to have a legitimate purpose. It's called a legislative purpose. Congress is not an arm of the FBI. It's not an arm of the DNC or the RNC. It has an obligation to do effective oversight, I would argue, aggressive oversight. But not of somebody's personal uh, finances and so forth for the purpose of uh, using it uh, for politics. That is, uh, that is something that the president will need to fight. There is no legislative purpose in that. Well, what about the emoluments clause? Uh, we're very concerned about the emoluments clause. Well, there's been a lawsuit and a liberal judge who's entertaining a lawsuit over the emoluments clause. That is, whether or not the president of the United States somehow is benefiting from foreign payments. Now, the, the framers wrote that clause into the Constitution to make sure that federal officials weren't on the payroll of foreign governments. And so here we are, the same clowns pushing the Russian collusion story are now pushing this. And when the history books are written 100 years from now or 200 years from now, when we're all gone, including the clowns in Congress, they will point out this Russian collusion thing as the, one of the greatest scams in political history. And they criminalize their investigation with that fool Mueller. And his assistant fools. Well, look at this. We got indictments. We got plea agreements. Look, on Manafort, you have to ask yourself, well, if he had done all these things, why didn't the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office go after him a long time ago? So that doesn't count. Others who have pled guilty because they're going broke or their families are, are exhausted from being pursued. 
mean, this jerk's got 17 prosecutors. Is it the best he can do? No, no, no. We're going to accuse the president of obstruction. You know, if you ask any AMAC member what they like most about belonging to the conservative alternative to the AARP, one answer that always comes up is how much they love reading AMAC's quarterly magazine, the AMAC Advantage. It's a first-class publication covering a variety of hard-hitting stories from notable authors, and AMAC members love it. Well, my friends, AMAC membership just keeps getting better. In addition to the terrific discounts, terrific benefits, and they are great. AMAC is pleased to announce that instead of publishing just four issues each year, now they're going to send all AMAC Advantage magazines to all million and a half AMAC members six times a year. Six times a year. That's six issues of AMAC Celebrated Magazine delivered to your home every year. It's all part of the AMAC wonderful membership. In addition to the great discounts, as I said, in addition to the great benefits. Moreover, AMAC is your conservative voice in Washington. They not only battle the AARP, they battle the left all the time. So it's crucially important. Get your copy of the latest edition of the AMAC Advantage magazine, along with all the other discounts and benefits that come with an AMAC membership, by joining immediately. This is another great gift idea. I feel like Santa Claus. The website is amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. amac.us. Go right now. AMAC, better for you and better for America. We have a very, very important third hour coming up. I hope you'll stay. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, what's going on in California is unbelievable. These fires, how many people are dead? Probably hundreds. It shows you how fast these fires are moving, how enormous they are. People can see them from miles and miles and miles away. That is the smoke. And uh, they're not sure exactly what's caused these fires. Could be arson, could be something else. And something that contributes to these fires is the fact of such little rain in some of the areas, right? Now, Governor Moonbeam is blaming part of it on the climate change deniers. The what? The climate change deniers. Why, did they light matches or something? No. So what does that have to do with anything? And why play politics? Has he been denounced for this? No, of course not. One of the things that does contribute to the spreading of these fires, many, many years ago, I was deputy general counsel, or deputy solicitor, they called it, at the Department of Interior, the number two lawyer. 
And one of the things we had to deal with constantly was environmental groups, these radical leftist organizations suing us to block us from cleaning out the old timber, the old trees and so forth, many of which had fallen out of these out of these forests or wilderness areas. Obviously, we couldn't do it all, but even doing some. And so we'd go to court, and you'd go to court for years and years. And they often won. So you create these massive tinderboxes. And their arguments were, let nature take its course. That was always, let nature take its course. Don't interfere with nature. Let nature take its course. And we heard these arguments all the time about all kinds of stuff. Well, nature's taking its course, and it's pretty scary, isn't it? It's pretty damn bad. Now, if we had real media in this country, Ted Olson and Ted Boutros, if we had real media, a real free press in this country, they would look into this. But they're never going to look into this because it doesn't advance the progressive left's agenda, period. Jerry Brown can pop off and be the uh, knucklehead that he is. That's fine, right? No big deal. But if you really look at this, we should find out, of course, what causes the fires. Are there any better ways to contain them? Uh, I have no idea. And uh, do real factual reporting with real evidence, without the interpretation, without the analysis. And take a look at these old growth areas. Uh, where the where the where the bottom of the forest is just loaded with these old dead trees. I mean, common sense would tell you to the extent you can, you should clean them out, right? You can Google a lot of this and, and investigate it yourself. But we used to face these arguments all the time. So it makes me wonder to what extent, at least in part, if any part, this has had a role. And shouldn't that affect federal policy? And shouldn't that affect the organizations that have sued and fought for these policies. I bet I'm the only one even talking about this. I don't know, but I bet I am. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. All right, I want to get to this. Matt Whitaker. So now we're supposed to hate Matt Whitaker. Why? Because he's not Rob Rosenstein. Who's Rob Rod Rosenstein? He is the uh, hapless... A coward who is the deputy attorney general who appointed a special counsel without following the regulations and without a criminal pretext of any kind. And he has let this man loose on the countryside where he roams around apparently in uh, brothels and so forth looking at uh, at uh, Miss Manhattan or whatever the hell her name, Madam Manhattan or whatever her name is and so forth trying to chase down, you know, every false statement he can. Apparently, he's going after Stone and uh, Corsi and others. I have no idea. This is what I read uh, in order to ensure that the republic is safe, I guess. You look at his deputy, Andrew Weissman. He's a complete reprobate, real sleazeball, a walking ethics violation. But you look at this guy, Rosenstein. Rosenstein, in, in part, made the recommendation to the attorney general who passed it to the president that Comey should be fired. They keep running around, going, obstruction of justice, obstruction of justice. But Rosenstein, if there was obstruction of justice, he should be the one in front of the federal grand jury. Not overseeing the investigator. I've never seen anything like this. So you have several conflicts of interest with the deputy attorney general who's overseeing Mueller. 
Mueller, who in my view is an unconstitutional appointment for all the reasons the Democrats are saying, but they don't realize it. Hey, protect him. Hey, he's different than all the other prosecutors. Hey, don't interfere with him. Hey, that's a constitutional crisis if he, appoint, if, he, if he reports to anybody other than Rosenstein. Hey, everything's a constitutional crisis if we lose. Hey, do exactly what we say or you're a racist and a white supremacist. You get the point. But I want to talk about Whitaker because you're getting so much BS from phony experts on TV. I'm sick and tired of it. So I'll do round number three on this. And I'm going to do round number three from a professor who apparently doesn't like Trump that much. His name is Stephen Vladek, V-L-A-D-E-C-K. Uh, he teaches courses on the Constitution and National Security Law at the University of Texas School of Law. And this was published in the New York Times op-ed section. And uh, despite his attacks on Trump, his legal analysis is right. How do I know? Because I made the same analysis. Because the law is the law. Except during Senate recesses, the Appointments Clause of Article 2 of the Constitution requires that the President nominate and the Senate confirm all principal federal officers. Clearly, he writes, the Attorney General of the United States is a principal officer. And so the President could not permanently fill that post without the Senate's advice and consent. Good so far. The argument against Mr. Whitaker's appointment rises and falls on the assumption that someone who temporarily exercises the duties of a principal officer must be a principal officer, or at the very least, an inferior officer like the Deputy Attorney General or Solicitor General who have already been confirmed by the Senate to those posts. I'm not going to get into the weeds with his misuse of these terms. Sarge, he's a professor. Uh, but his, his emphasis here is the one I've made all throughout, which is this is a temporary appointment. But in an 1898 decision, hello, 1898, United States versus Eaton, the Supreme Court rejected that argument. That is, it rejected the argument that only a principal officer confirmed by the Senate can temporarily fill the shoes of another principal officer. So why are these people on cable TV, MSNBC, CNN, and yes, Fox, why do they keep saying the opposite? Are they not capable of reading these decisions? Or are they just excited about providing disinformation? So long as an inferior officer is exercising the duties of the principal officer for a limit, quote, for a limited time and under special and temporary conditions, unquote, the Supreme Court said he, quote, is not thereby transformed into the superior and permanent official, unquote. The Supreme Court in Eaton did not go on to define what a limited time or special and temporary conditions entails, but it made clear that those are the key constitutional considerations. Now we have a statute that was passed in 1998. It's called the Federal Vacancies Reform Act of 1998. Congress elaborated on those missing pieces when a senior executive branch officer, quote, dies, resigns, or is otherwise unable to perform the functions and duties of the office, unquote. 
The statute authorizes the president to choose either that official's first assistant, quote unquote, in this case, that would be Rosenstein. Any other currently serving government officer who was confirmed by the Senate or any senior official like Mr. Whitaker, who served in the same department as the vacant office for at least 90 of the previous 365 days, the same department, meaning justice, to perform the functions and duties of the vacant office temporarily in an acting capacity. That's exactly what's happening here. Congress passed the law. Do members of Congress read the laws that they say they will uphold? Do they read the laws that they pass? Do they read the laws that other Congresses pass? Or do they just go on TV and bloviate? A separate provision of the Congressional Statute of 1998 limits the designation to 210 days, as we discussed, unless the president nominates a permanent successor in the interim, which shortens the days. Other laws distinguish between those duties Mr. Whitaker may carry out as acting attorney general and those limited to an attorney general confirmed by the Senate. For instance, the acting attorney general is expressly allowed to sign an application for a warrant under the FISA Act, but is expressly excluded from the line of succession to the presidency, which makes sense. Nor is there any argument that the 1998 law is inapplicable Because Mr. Sessions did not resign and instead was fired. His departure may not have been voluntary, being forced out. But rather than force the president to fire him, as did Preet Bahara, the former United States attorney for the Southern District of New York, Mr. Sessions' letter to the president formally stated that he was submitting his resignation at his request. That the president can name temporary department heads without Senate confirmation is more than just a legal fine point. In many settings, it can be important to the effective functioning of government. We covered all this, but I just want to underscore it. A contrary rule could cause major headaches for a new president confronted with vacancies across the senior levels of government. But this is exactly what the Democrats want. And yet they pose, the imposters, they pose as defending the constitutional uh, of the United States. Aren't we in a constitutional crisis? Hell no. Of course not. Moreover, to compel a Senate that is hostile to the president or to particular federal agencies to suffocate those entities by refusing to confirm anyone to run them. I talked about this, and that is exactly, in many respects, what the Schumer Democrats have been doing in the Senate. Isn't it? So, ladies and gentlemen, there's simply no legal or constitutional basis for the jackassery, may I, may I coin that phrase, for the jackassery that's going on on cable TV, on all of them, and another forum, uh, where they keep telling you that this is illegal, that the Vacancies Act is illegal, and it's all unconstitutional, and now we have a constitutional crisis. These are the same snake oil salesmen who despise the Constitution. And then we have people who claim to support it, but don't comprehend it. You know, the President of the United States, he could have appointed anybody else. This was a big mistake. The Vacancy Act, in my uh, esteemed opinion, is unconstitutional. I know this because as a trial judge at the lowest level in a particular state, uh, yeah, I never dealt with this stuff. But I can tell you that's what it says right there. No, that's not what it says. 
The president is complying with the law. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let's go to Sean, Miami, Florida, Sirius Satellite. Go. Mark Levin. We love you down here in South Florida, brother. Thank you, sir. We love it down there, too. Listen, I have just about lost my mind with this Jim Acosta stuff. I mean, this guy is no more of a of a legitimate broadcaster than I'm a Rastafarian priest. I mean, come on! And and after that episode, after that after that episode that he pulled the other day, and he got uh, he got uh, knocked off the uh, yeah, he got the, the White got House his ticket pulled. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so I walk in the room, and my wife, she's you know very conservative, but she likes to see just what the Democrats are doing. That's right. I said it, Democrats. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, I took a line from you, brother. Anyway, so she <laughs> pops over on the CNN, and she sees that he's on Anderson Pooper, uh, Cooper, whatever you want to call him. And boy, you talk about the victimization. I mean, back and forth, like, well, uh, Anderson, I, I think they want us off the air. But here, here's the thing. This isn't news. They've concocted this. They've manufactured an event. It's what that gentleman Borston wrote about, pseudo-information. So there's all kinds of things going on in the world. In the Middle East right now, I'll get to it in the next uh, segment, uh, what goes on on our border, what's going on with uh, China, and so there's a lot of things going on in the world. Even the fires in California don't get the coverage they deserve. And uh, here we are. CNN is promoting CNN. CNN will continue promoting CNN. It is a massive ruse. There's not a constitutional issue here. And, of course, the media in Washington, D.C. are so myopic. They're so cloistered that to them this is the biggest thing there is. CNN's laughing. They think this is hilarious. They disrupt a presidential press conference, and they claim that they're the victims of a uh, dictatorial president under the First Amendment. It is grotesque. It's terrible, Mark. It's terrible. And look and look at what's going on down here with the ballot recall nonsense. This, I, I mean, yep. it's voter fraud at its highest level. And the left, you know, with their phony count every vote, every vote's not legal. You don't count illegal votes. But look, they have to rely on destroying the border, destroying the nation state, destroying the culture. They have to rely on destroying the rule of law. They want felons to vote. They want illegal aliens to vote. They said so down there, non-citizens. Uh, the borders are going to continue to be open. Red states are going to move purple. Purple states are going to move blue. And before you know it, you're going to turn around and your country's gone. Mark, Mark may, I, may I interject just one last second yes. before, before you? Yep. Um, thank you very much. Um, this, this, is a, this is a trial run, just like a terrorist event. This voter, uh, this fraudulent voter um, uh, re- recall and so forth that's going on down here, this is a recount. trial run. If they can get away with this, recount, excuse me, if they can get away with this, they know that they're going to turn several red-slash-purple states into blue in 2020. And God forbid the Hillary, the, the, the wildebeest, God forbid she gets on the ticket because Florida, they will find a way to get that woman in and in, in, uh, turn, turn Florida towards her. It's just... All right, my friend. I, I, well, I get your point. And uh, you're not allowed to clean up the voter rolls. That's voter suppression. You're not allowed to have uh, require voter ID of the most modest kind that you're required to go to a 7-Eleven and buy a six-pack of beer. Uh, that's called voter suppression. And not only is it voter suppression, but anybody who does that is a racist, a white supremacist, and it goes on and on and on. 
It is, you know, the, the media says tone down the rhetoric. The Democrats say tone down the rhetoric. And it is they who are the culprits. It is they who are the propagandists. It is a disgrace. It really is a disgrace. This country would be far more united. And it would be far freer. But for the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is the fundamental transformation party. The Democrat Party, like all tyrannical entities, and I say this with all honesty, puts party first and country second. And that's exactly what these politicians have done. And by the way, much of the media too. I'll be right back. Radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you've been hearing over and over again, freedom of the press, freedom of the press. Leave the press alone. Our vaulted press. You got lectures from Ted Boutros and Ted Olson. And you get lectures from the press. You get lectures from Jim Acosta and CNN. Don't you believe in a free press? I believe in a free press. And I'm the one who keeps telling you about self-censorship of the press. About political partisanship of the press. There's a rather substantial book written just a little while ago called Buried by the Times. That would be the New York Times. By Laura Leff, L-E-F-F. She's been a faculty member of Northeastern University since 1996. Prior to that, she was a professional journalist for 18 years, reporting for the Wall Street Journal and the Miami Herald. She also served as an editor for American Lawyer Media and the Hartford Current. Pretty good credentials. Buried by the Times. What was buried by the Times? What was buried by the New York Times? The Holocaust. The Holocaust was buried by the New York Times. That's what she's talking about. The Times' judgment that the murder of millions of Jews was a relatively unimportant story reverberated among other journalists trying to assess the news, among Jewish groups trying to arouse public opinion and among government leaders trying to decide on an American response. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the free press doesn't always promote freedom or justice or humanity. The free press can become a propaganda machine, not just by reporting certain things, but by omitting certain things. In making this, that judgment, the Times, along with the rest of the mainstream media press, was influenced by overarching journalistic standards and cultural assumptions. Wow. Afraid that too much attention would alienate America's loathe, Americans loathe to fight a war to save the Jews. Of course, it was more than that. The U.S. government was quiet on the subject. Because the press corps defined news largely as what the government said or did, 
The fact that the U.S. government said and did little about European Jews meant their plight was, by definition, not important news. And it goes on. I hope the judge that hears the case involving Jim Acosta doesn't buy this idea that all news outlets are alike, that all reporters are alike, that all reporters are actually reporters. Many of them have different agendas. Many of them have their own agendas. Like the New York Times. Tell me, when the overwhelming number of newspaper editorial pages endorse one Democrat candidate after another for President of the United States, it's the same media corporation. It's the same building. And when it becomes increasingly difficult to tell the news from the opinion page... You and I don't say shut down the newspaper or fire the journalists, but we don't have to respect them now, do we? Free press. There are constant efforts to shut down conservative talk radio. Left-wing groups aligned with Democrats in government try boycotts, make filings with government agencies, come up with proposals for breaking us up, fund their own network that fails. We don't do that to them. Ever. Ever. So when Ted Olson and Ted Boutros write about the the magnificent history of freedom of the press in the country, I'm not surprised that lawyers who represent CNN skip this. I'm not surprised that lawyers that represent CNN for $2,500 an hour skip this, that the New York Times buried the Holocaust. The paper of record. Are you surprised? If you're going to give the history of the media, then give the history of the media. The New York Times always gets a pass. It gets a pass for this. I am trying to awaken the world to what the New York Times did and didn't do. There are books written and analyses written, but the vast majority of people have no idea about this. And if you ask any of the people who run newsrooms at CNN or MSNBC or or even at the Washington Post, the NBC, ABC, CBS, and so forth, what's the most important news source? They will tell you the New York Times. This, I also think, is why people like Joe Scarborough downplay the Third Reich, downplay the Nazis, downplay Hitler by trying to call this president and his administration all those things. That is downplaying what took place, just like the New York Times. That's what the progressive left does. And Scarborough now is of the progressive left. Mika Brzezinski's father was like this. In many respects, the New York Times was a Holocaust-denying publication. Freedom of the press to mislead the American people. Freedom of the press to censor the press, to censor the news. 
to ignore the screams from the camps, from the trains, from the Warsaw Ghetto. This is the first time we've had a president who directly and consistently takes on the press. He doesn't take on freedom of the press. He takes on the press. He's done nothing to threaten freedom of the press. He's not Obama. But he takes them on. Just like the New York Times should have been taken on. And if people had taken on the New York Times during the course of the Holocaust, they wouldn't be threatening freedom of the press. They'd be exposing the press. Which has its own apparent agenda or agendas, as did the New York Times, as does Zucker over at CNN, as does Andrew Lack over at NBC and MSNBC, and all the rest of them. They pretend to be news operations, and yet they all sing in the same key. They all say the same thing. They all cover the same thing, or don't. How objective can they be? And they look at that New York Times first thing in the morning for direction. And they cite the New York Times. And young people come out of journalism school. They can't wait to work for the New York Times. Maggie Haberman. Brian Stelter worked for the New York Times. That's the gold standard, the New York Times. The gold standard. And yet look at it. Look what it did. Or didn't do. 75 years ago, 80 years ago. The New York Times. All the news that's fit to print. The lead dog. So if they don't print something, if they cover up something, then the others tend to follow course. As when they cover up the wrongdoing of the Obama administration, its abuse of power with the IRS, with the FBI, with the Department of Justice, and with our intelligence agencies. Even the abuse of the press by the Obama administration, largely covered up. James Risen, who was targeted by the Obama administration, has nothing but contempt for them. He spoke out. But as a corporation, as an institution, the New York Times did very little. Very little. The Associated Press, when 20 of its reporters came under the, the espionage of the Obama administration, did very little. did very little. There's been more support for Jim Acosta and the rampage that he displayed at the presidential news conference than anything I've just told you. How does the New York Times have any reputation? How did it recover from its censorship? Freedom of the press, they'll tell you. Well, the New York Times was free to adequately cover the Holocaust, and it chose not to. 
Is that freedom of the press? No, that's the press. Freedom of the press is a principle. The New York Times is not a principle. It's a left-wing corporation like CNN and MSNBC. You and I do not encourage government takeover, government interference, government anything. We are constitutional conservatives. It is they who unleash the FBI. It is they who unleash the intelligence agencies. It is they who unleash Robert Mueller and the Department of Justice, not us. It is they who spy on news organizations and newsmen, not us. It is they that use the IRS against organizations they disagree with, not us. It is they who will not enforce immigration laws but set up sanctuary cities, not us. It is they who interpret the Constitution in ways that are never intended and rewrite it, not us. I'll be right back. Lindsey Graham urges support for the Mueller bill that would protect Mueller from any firing. He said he would vote for it. I ask you folks a question. Does Congress have the power to prevent the president from firing his subordinates? Well, the answer, of course, is no. And would the president sign such a bill anyway? The answer, of course, is no. So why do we have to deal with insanity all the time? So Lindsey Graham says he would support violating separation of powers. Congress has the power to make employees of the President of the United States immune from being fired by the President of the United States. This is basic stuff, folks. Basic constitutional stuff. So Lindsey Graham has been a a real hero of conservatives uh, in the last two or three months. And I personally like the guy. I've met him a few times. Nice guy. But this is actually quite stupid. Now, Lindsey... Your staff and you listen. If you'd like to come on and debate this, let's do it, baby. I'll do it very civilly, very politely, but you're going to have to explain yourself. How does this not violate separation of power? And why do you play into their hands? It's just so dumb. Look at this, New York Times. Unbelievable. The swirling currents of disbelief of other concerns of hopelessness, of other people's pain, of conflicts about recognizing your own people's pain, swamped the news pages at the New York Times as during the Holocaust. In the process, the New York Times helped to drown out the last cry from the abyss. What a proud profession. The free press does not defend freedom. It defends its current occupants of the anchor chair. That's what it does. And uh, they know it. They know it. They know there so many of them are propaganda mills at this point. What am I doing? Okay. Love it. My ID care, right, Mr. Producer? With Thanksgiving almost a week away, I bet you're thinking about travel and parties and napping with a belly of turkey and pie. You know who else is looking forward to the holidays? Scammers and crooks. Every year, fraud increases around the holidays, and the thieves like to celebrate with your hard-earned money. From fake charities to package delivery scams, tis the season for identity theft. 
So don't let the holiday spirit distract you from staying safe. You'll need identity protection more than ever. So get it from the best. My ID Care has been taking care of Fortune 500 companies for years. And now they're offering identity protection to everyone so you can make sure your whole family's covered. From Tri-Bureau credit monitoring to dark web scanning, it's the kind of comprehensive protection you need. Plans start for less than 10 bucks a month, and only My ID Care offers a money-back recovery guarantee. I don't worry about identity theft anymore, neither should you. Enjoy your holidays with peace of mind from My ID Care. And my listeners get 15% off at myidcare.com slash mark, promo code mark. Learn more, and then let My ID Care take care of you. That's myidcare.com slash mark, enter promo code mark, myidcare.com slash mark, promo code mark. And by the way, while you're at it, every time you go online to use public Wi-Fi, you're putting your personal information in danger. Unless you take precautions, a hacker can grab your passwords or credit card information in seconds. Now, these hacks happen millions of times a day, and the victims have their personal information exposed or identity stolen. So how can you protect yourself and your privacy and your information? The software I use is called ExpressVPN. That's how. ExpressVPN makes it super easy for anyone to stay secure online. ExpressVPN hides your IP address and encrypts all of your data online. That means nobody, hello, nobody can see what you do on the Internet. Not even government spy agencies like the NSA. Now, the ExpressVPN app takes 90 seconds to set up on your computer or phone. You click a button and poof, you're protected. Nobody can get to you. So if you want to protect yourself from hackers and spies, visit expressvpn.com slash mark. expressvpn.com slash mark. And you'll get this special offer, three months free with a one-year package. That's three months free. With a one-year package, go to expressvpn.com slash mark. Don't risk your online data any longer. Keep your information confidential. Visit expressvpn.com slash mark today. Okay. Let us go to Jim Page, Arizona, XM Satellite. How are you, sir? Good, Mark. Uh, I just want to call and thank you and recognize you for being the first one to talk about these wildfires. Uh, They're caused, in my view, by the uh, practices of the Forest Service, the National Park Service, the environmentalists, a purposeful war on free enterprise and private property. And you can read all about it uh, to your listeners and to yourself. I don't know if you're familiar with Range Magazine, but that's a little publication quarterly out of Nevada. Mm-hmm. And they describe this every quarter, and they use folks that used to be on the wrong side who've seen the truth and come over and written articles about exactly what these folks are doing and why they're doing it. They call it mm-hmm. sustainable, and so far they've gotten rid of all the loggers. And- now, we had to deal with them. We had to deal with them when I was at Interior in the Reagan administration. And they know how to litigate. They know how to hire their lawyers. You know, much like CNN hires uh, Ted Olson and Ted Boutros and wrapped themselves in the First Amendment when this has nothing to do with the First Amendment, at least not in their case. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I will see you here tomorrow. Check out Levin TV. It's a great one. And go get a copy of Our Police on Amazon.com. See you tomorrow.